Mark. Johnny. <laughs> Sorry, this is weird. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> it's all right. I thought you were kind of going for like a Peggy Hill. <laughs> Mark. Buffalo. I don't want to say your last name. Because <laughs> they, they don't want to know Twitter. that. They know who I am. It's, it's very true. Very true. Also, uh, you so know Mark. how many cats are named Mark Jones? Yes, Johnny. <laughs> Mark, how you, how you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So I was talking to my brother the other day, and yep. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but my older brother is, he's a former army. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he was telling me this ridiculous story about this, this buddy of his that he had um, that, like, he got to know because he joined up in, like, I want to say, like, mid-2000s and stuff, like, after 9-11 and, and all that sort of shit, but, like... He joined up and went and did his stuff because his best friend, like, all growing up, he wanted to go drinking with him, and that's where he was all the fucking time, was in the army, and they just got shit-faced drunk together, and it was it was a great grand old time. But yeah. after he got out of basic, he got stationed with a bunch of these guys, and one of them had been there for, like, 10, 15 years. You know, mm-hmm. like, he had, he got in, like, I think right after Desert Storm and was there for the whole shit, shit show of Afghanistan and Iraq and all that shit. And he was sitting there and he was telling him all this ridiculous, crazy shit. And uh, all of a sudden he just gets called to do like, uh, it was like latrine duty or something. And my brother's like, this is really weird. What is this dude who's been in here? And he's like four or five ranks higher than I am or some shit. Or levels or pay levels or all that sort of stuff. And uh, he's like, what, what do they have him doing like all this shit work for? And it turns out they've got him like he did something really stupid, pissed off the CEO. And so they've got him sitting inside of the like basically their latrine their their shit area mm-hmm. and uh they've got him like essentially being a bathroom attendant in there for mm-hmm. any of these like pissed off gis that have just you know gone out and drank their weight and beer the night before and ate really bad tacos and all this stuff and just blowing things up and uh my brother just he walks up to him he's like for Christ's sake, dude, like, you're the guy that w- helped them, d- like, tie the noose that hung Saddam Hussein. What the fuck are you doing in here? <laughs> and he just goes, well, I got to get me them poop tips. <laughs> do they do they tip for pooping in the army? No, but it, oh. it the, the joke is in the, the episode. Hey, everybody, welcome to Daniel's Yeah, I know. Podcast. I was trying to, yes, and you. <laughs> yes, and, motherfucker. Yes, and. <laughs> And you go, no, but he got an extra protein ration or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> anyway. An extra protein ration? <laughs> oh, hey, man, you man. cleaned up that shooter real good. You can have my Doritos. <laughs> oh. I wonder, I wonder, Mark, the smells that he had in that bathroom, do you think they were worse than uh, the man with the terrible smell? I mean, yeah, depending on where and when he was stationed. Yeah, I bet so. Cause like, <laughs> or, I, or and don't get me wrong. I love falafel. I love falafel, but dude, <laughs> it does unholy things to an American body. Like, <laughs> oh man. Well, everybody, welcome to Dangle Podcast. Welcome to Dangle Podcast in what you could probably call our shittiest intro ever. This is the weekly King of the Hill <laughs> podcast. I'll let you get it out. <laughs> <laughs> this is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny, we take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic King of the Hill, and we talk about its good parts and its bad parts and its high points and its low points, and we see if it still holds up and if we still like it as like a show now because we both loved it as kids, but now we're like grown up and bitter and hateful to the world. And we know about poop tips and the futility of war. And Johnny, you just want to get on into it, buddy? Uh, I do, but we're going to start with uh, a different episode, Mark. We're going to start with episode 89, Peggy Makes the Big Leagues. So this has an original air date of November 26, 2000, uh, written by our very own Gianni Hardwick. I, that, that's my really bad announcer voice. Like, I'm not even going to try that one again, I don't think. <laughs> um, Mark, you want our cast of characters for this episode? As I belch horrendously, yes, I would love our cast of characters. Wonderful. Uh, we've got Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Miriam Caney, David Kalaiki Ali'i, 
uh, Mrs. Kalaiki Ali'i, Preston Rogers, Digby Wilkins, Terrell Cartwright, and Buck Strickland. Now, my question for you, Mark, because they are not credited in a lot of stuff, but I instantly recognized one probably because of his shitty ass haircut. Do you know who Preston, Digby, and Terrell are, who their voices are? Um, I know one of them is Terry Bradshaw, right? That's the one with the shitty hair. Yeah, I recognized his voice. Yep. The other two are Howie Long and James Brown. They're all commentators for the NFL on Fox, or at least they were at the time. I'm pretty sure all of them are still commentating, but I just found it kind of entertaining that, oh, this is a very football-centric episode, and this is the the booster clubs like cronies. You're going to get some of the most decorated NFL players of all time. (laughs) Can, Can I be totally straight with you? Sure. I thought James Brown was the musician. <laughs> Every time I, I see his name on TV, I still think that. And I know he's I not. I couldn't figure out why they would stick James Brown, like the godfather of soul, into an ep- like as a throwaway voice cameo in a football episode. <laughs> no, you'd be but able to recognize now, that, James Brown. But now, through the power of you, I understand. So I can knock that note off my list. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, okay, are you ready for my synopsis? Perfect. All right, yeah, uh, give me that synopsis, buddy. Okay, this is this is a good one. I hope you're enjoying it. Mm-hmm. When Peggy flunks the star football player, it's up to Hank and his love of propene to save the season. <laughs> Sorry, yep. any any chance I get, any chance I get, I, I will use it to make uh, uh, voice jokes and, and word jokes and... Dude, I don't know where my brain is today. I sound like shit. Uh, Mark, we've got an A story of Hank, Peggy, and David Kalaiki Ali'i. Do we want to talk about who his voice actor is? Because he is our celebrity cameo for this episode. Yeah, yeah. Who Who is he, Johnny? He is uh, the absolute best mummy fighter in all of history. Tom Cruise? And probably... Nope. And probably, <laughs> like, the most badass dude to swing on a bunch of ropes and score with... Uh, that one dude's wife, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I love Brendan Fraser. I I love Brendan yes. Fraser. I have loved Brendan Fraser. My uh, love for Brendan Fraser is only eclipsed by my abundant love of Diedrich Bader and Drew Carey. Yes, absolutely. I, I would I would insane like I would pay insane amounts of money to see the three of them do do something together. Like we've already talked about our love of Brendan Fraser tangentially because I love Encino Man and. Who is the caveman in Encino Man, Mark? It's Brendan fucking Fraser. Hell yeah, He is like the world's nicest Canadian, and I know that's that's saying a lot. But like, (laughs) he's just like the coolest dude. Um, Yeah, he's, uh, I'm trying to think of who, do you remember what the name of the lady is that he scores with in George of the Jungle? Because I swear to God, that woman has not aged a day in her life, and her husband Um, makes all those dumb movies. Yeah, it's um, not Paul Rudd, it's the other guy, Judd Apatow, and it's um, Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann is her name. Leslie Mann, yes, yes. She's the only character I've ever saw that named Ursula that wasn't a total piece of shit. Also, yes, yeah. 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 Um, But anyway, Brandon Fraser, guys, he's fantastic, and... Damn, does he play like a, a lame duck David Kaliiki Ali'i, just too damn perfect. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's just so good. Um, well, with that said, Mark, you want to get into some notes? Um, I have several notes, buddy. I you I Let's reckon I could say I've got a whole playbook of notes for this one. Hey. hey. Nice. Coming in hot with them football jokes. <laughs> so number one. Um, I, I know that you took note of this, but did you see the goddamn writing and production staff on this episode? Mm-mm. It's everybody, dude. Um, it's, it's Is the it? Allens or the Allens are on it. I want to say they're executive producers. Um, Hardwick's on it. Hardwick is on it. He wrote it. Um, or, uh, Collier on it. Collier, he's on it. Oh, Liter- okay. Literally, if there's an episode that you and I like, these guys are on this writing staff. Interesting. So this must have been like the big uh, like group project that everybody had to do. They're like, well, shit, we need one extra episode and none of us have an idea. So let's just like shoot the shit and order a bunch of pizza and stay up till three o'clock in the morning smoking doobies and figure out what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Uh, Jim Debetrove is there. Like they're all there. man. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Um, I, I have my notes. This is the Avengers of writing staff. <laughs> I love that, dude. <laughs> Um, note number two. Holy shit. Have you ever been to Waffle House? 
<laughs> it's in my notes too. I have I think I've been to Waffle House one time and I don't oh, remember man. it very well because I was I was in Florida and I think I was like maybe twelve or thirteen years old visiting my uncle. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty sure we went to a Waffle House and he lives like northern Florida, so not like fancy not Cubans the good everywhere part. and not the good part, the like backwater hick part. And I'm so just like, you had oh, a very wow, authentic dude. Waffle House experience. I think so. I really think so. I didn't know Waffle House was in Texas. I thought it was more of like a like southeastern thing. It's a Colorado thing too, like in Southwest. Oh, I think they're like a national chain. Um, I mentioned okay. in um rodeo days how like I used to kind of dick around in that scene like as a kid and like in high mm-hmm. school. And man, if we didn't go get Waffle House after every single buck out. And then, like, when I was driving truck for Budweiser in Springs, I'd get off my shifts, like, kind of late in the afternoon, but, like, too early for, like, you know, you're not going to go to, like, get a burger. But goddamn it if Waffle okay. House wasn't there with, like, really shitty steaks and hash browns. And there's just – I love Waffle House. It's, like, the worst part of American culture. It's gross. It's white. It's bad food. It's bad trash. Like, I could, you could probably go to Waffle House right now. Listeners, you got a Waffle House next door to you? Go score some meth in the bathroom at Waffle House because I guarantee you can. Point is, this episode got me really horned up for Waffle House, and I missed it. Hell yeah. Waffle House is the like uh, my best context for this, at least since I, I can remember and visualize what it is, is like they're the place that you will find gifts of people throwing hands that work there. And like yeah. always at the end, it just nothing it, it, every other place it says, Oh yeah, the person was let go. No, Waffle House like keeps these people around. Oh, it's you keep like the ones that throw them. hands. They're the ones that are the good staff because they don't take shit. Like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Waffle House, I miss it. Um, my next note. Oh shit, it's this one. I hate this episode. I hated this episode <laughs> as a kid. Oh, no. I I don't know what I thought. I thought this was. I don't know what I thought this one was, but it took me about twenty seconds to realize as soon as they're in the Waffle House, which the, what this one was. Okay. Um, next, uh, the flying Hawaiian David Kalahikiala Lee. My wife is Polynesian. <laughs> Maybe yep. one of three times I laughed in this entire episode. Oh, no. Also, listeners, here we go. We're kicking into this one. I hate this episode, Johnny. I absolutely hated this episode. Next. Okay. Uh, the art inside of the waffle. It's not the, called the Waffle House. I don't know what it's called. I'm calling it Waffle House. It's called House. the Waffle Cafe. But, waffle Cafe. Did you take note of the weird art on the walls? I did not. It's very, very, like, um, Spanish-centric. Mm. there's one of like a conquistador there's one of like a spanish governor like old-time spanish governor like with the you know the 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 floofy brushes on his shoulders uh there's one of a bullfighter it's just weird it's like walk into a restaurant down here and it's that kind of art but it's okay it's weird to put in a a place that serves waffles like right well you know mark great art makes you think (laughs) Yes, it does. <laughs> and then finally, um, Chalkfinger is a shitty James Bond villain. Ch- Chalkfinger is a bad James Bond villain. Chalk Single digit finger. He's the man with the finger, the finger that draws. How about you, buddy? What do you got for me for notes? Um, so we, we brought up our guest stars already. So Brendan Fraser, James Brown, Howie Long, and Terry Bradshaw. That's, it's quite a bit, but I have to imagine they got the three NFL commentators for like a deal because it's like, oh, you guys already work for Fox. They probably just went, guess what guys, you have nothing to do on this Sunday because, uh, some team just like totally bit the dust. And so <laughs> no one's going to give a shit about your color commentary. So go, uh, hang out in the, this next door studio and go and record a couple lines for us. Yeah. I've never seen a booster club. Have you? Like, have you ever been, like, in in something so big in school where they have an actual outside club of parents and adults and shit that meet not at a school function to discuss, like, if something's going right or wrong? Um, tangentially, I think. I want to say there's one for, like, the football team at my high school, but... Okay. I, I know of them. You always see like the booster club, like this is brought to you by the booster club or something like that. Yeah. 
So I um, our like, big Mr. one was that future Christian athletes or whatever. The parents were super involved in that one, but I don't think that's a booster. Okay. And then Rotary Club too, but never at my the school. Like every other that's school everywhere. on the plains. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, it's it's one of those weird things that I just kind of assumed wasn't a thing that I was involved with because I was in a tiny high school in the middle of nowhere in Colorado. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's even in my bigger school uh, in in broomfield i just was like this is i don't ever remember this but maybe it just happened and because i wasn't an athletic kid then i just didn't see it um you already brought up that we have waffle house but it's not waffle house it's waffle cafe so thank you for that Mm -hmm. um i think it's kind of fun when they just tweak something I, i had somebody try and tell me the other day that when you see whataburger in there uh, in King, mm-hmm. in King of the Hill, that it's not actually named Whataburger because they can't legally call it that, and I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it is just straight up named Whataburger. I think they just plagiarized it or paid for the rights, because that's like the most Texas shit you can get. Um, Isn't it like W U T T A Burger, like Whataburger? Like I tell you, oh, Whataburger. Maybe. You know maybe. how like Simpsons will do that with like Sprawl Mart instead of it's the parallel import. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I just wrote high school athletes. They they fucking suck. Next night. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what I was trying to say because I wasn't a high school athlete. Um, we have the return of Mrs. Kalaiki Ali'i, and uh, she did not ask Hank this time if he had an unusual amount of sausage. That's why David is learning disabled, because when she was pregnant, she ate an unusual amount of sausage, and the nitrite poisoning messed him up in utero. I don't know. <laughs> the nitrite poisoning. That's that's some next-level shit here. Like, that's a Dale conspiracy I can get behind. It is why he is so freakishly large. She ate an all-protein sausage diet. Do you know how much sausage I eat? You've seen me. I'm a fucking tank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love sausage. <laughs> um, the last note I have, they're putting David's room back together. And they're putting his posters yeah. back up. Did you notice that he's a Star Trek fan? That's in my pros. That that little okay. cutaway was enough for me to rate it as a pro. Talk about what that is, Johnny. <laughs> well, it just I just happened to notice that there is a very distinct picture that they're putting back up there, which is Seven of Nine. And she's she was in, uh, is it Deep Space Nine? No, no, Voyager, big guy. Voyager. She Voyager, was the rescued Borg. She came over on Scorpion right. Part 1. She was like the parallel between Janeway, or the, the, the what do you call that, the emissary between Janeway and the Borg. That She helped him defeat Species 8472. Like, oh, man, yeah. I also I'm, love I'm gonna, Voyager. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell everybody here one of my secret shames. I have never yeah. watched more than maybe 10 episodes of the original Star Trek five episodes of next generation and maybe one episode of the rest combined as i say i, I definitely definitely didn't I've, I've seen like all the movies and i know that okay. doesn't count for much but it counts uh, for the, a lot it counts for a lot movies. if you've seen like the new movies if you see oh i was gonna say if you've watched like you know search for spock it counts for a shitload i have watched wrath of khan because i feel like if i hadn't then i i don't get any sort of nerd cred whatsoever oh yeah i'd have to revoke your nerd license there buddy you but gotta go to classes and talk about what a piece of shit you are. Like, yeah. I love um, Rathacon. It's a great movie. Oh, yeah. And it's not that I don't like Star Trek. I just, it's just not normally my jam. And you and I are recording this the day after May the 4th. Uh, so we are uh, oh, yeah. Cinco de Mayo with our authentic Oh, yeah. Mole. And um, I was going to make I, a shitty Peggy Spanish joke and I forgot to do it. Amazing. But, um, but I am definitely more of a Star Wars guy. Like, I watched Empire last night and most of Return of the Jedi. It's like, okay. Dude, I watched Empire last night. It's because Empire's the best one. I fell asleep one. to There's that nine shit. movies. Yes, it is. And it's the best one. Yes, it is. <laughs> Unless you count Rogue One, which isn't, isn't really a Star Wars movie because it's almost too damn good to be considered Star Wars. Um, oh, no, I count that as Ken Burns in space because it's boring as shit and who the hell cares. But we can fight about that later. This ain't dangled Star Wars. <laughs> No, it's not. Uh, Mark, let's get into some pros. Do you have any pros, or do you want me to jump right in? I got a couple, yeah. Um, okay. Pro, um, I don't know his name, but Bolo Ty knocking over the rack at Strickland. I thought that was really funny. Like, th- that's how he, like, intimidates. And I think it's funny mm-hmm. that Buck is there endorsing this intimidation. But at the same time, he's not going to cause any damage. It's not, I-, I don't know. This isn't like Black Spatula Tuesday or whatever. So... <laughs> I just thought it was funny that that's how he chooses to intimidate him. Um, I like Hank's drinking at work. That's really funny. He has the Dixie cup 
and a beer that <laughs> I can only imagine that I can only imagine is hot as shit. Yeah. Um, can you imagine warm Alamo? Oh God, yeah, it'd be like warm PBR. Yeah, like ugh. Um, <laughs> I really ultra re- right now, and it is ice cold, and that's the only way that you can drink it. I'm amazed that you can drink it. I'm proud of you. I'm doing a modus operandi from Ska Brewing. Oh, um, good man. Um, I really like Broken Peggy after she's been defeated by the system. I really like how they do oh. it. Like, she's a little bit obnoxious in this, but at the same time, man, this is one of those ones where, like, it's not as good as Bobby Slam in terms of a Peggy episode, but it's kind of the same vein. And... I like after Peggy's will is broken. I like how she did it. Catherine and Jimmy crushes it. She's mm-hmm. broken as a character. You feel it. You almost kind of feel sorry for her. And then when you realize that, like, Mrs. Kala Iki Ali is, like, screwing with them and all this other yep. shit, it's like, man, Peggy's... Because I agree with Peggy. I don't think that she should be as gassed upon herself as she is because she's a substitute geometry teacher. But, like... Right. Yeah, whatever. It's... I like when, you know, she, you do get to see Peggy being an educator. She puts that whole playbook together for David. Like, it's great. And then at the, like, the other side of that coin, like, after she kind of, for lack of a better term, loses. I really like that kind of Peggy. It's it's good to see. Okay. Um, and then fine, um, Buck's love of the essay when he's quoting it. <laughs> <laughs> I thank God every day that I get home that I didn't get exploded. And he's like pounding his chest like it touched him real deep. Fuck yep. you, Buck, you're a piece of shit. Um and finally worst. seven of nine poster. How about you, buddy? Um, so I I find it very on point with Peggy that she has her own name tag for the mailbox that she just slides it in over the person that she's replacing. Yeah. Like, to me that was a little touch of Peggy has been dreaming of this for so long that she has got like she had one of those name tags made up. And I don't know if it's because she ultimately wants to teach high school and not substitute teach or what, but the way she treats teaching in high school, just like the reverence is awesome. Um, this is shockingly realistic, at least for how things were when I was in school, uh, to see athletes get treated like this. I had oh, some yeah. of the biggest, stupidest, dumbest dudes like have absolutely no business passing classes that they did because they were on the football team or they were on the soccer team or or they i don't know track was really big in my school so maybe they ran really fast or threw something really freaking hard who knows uh i just remember going i never got any of this sort of treatment or any of this money or funding because i was an arts kid Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was real nice even when we tried really hard and came up with things like hey this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be gone at a at a kind of conference for three days because that's what us cool art kids do and we get to go and talk to all these other colleges. Can we get just a little bit more money so that we cannot starve and have to buy our own food? No, no. Okay, that's going to put holograms on the tickets to prevent ticket fraud. It's a real problem, Mark. I'm really glad you made that joke because I was going to straight up ask you if they put that money into making holograms on the tickets to prevent ticket fraud. Yeah. Oh, um, I love that so you and like, I can read each other's minds. It's great. <laughs> right? Uh, so, like, honestly, I, if you're listening to this and you're a high school athlete, good on you. You got a lot more, uh, like, in America, you get a lot more offered to you if that's what you have to offer them. Um, I think it's an interesting way of getting kids into college. I don't think it's something that you should constantly be shoving down their throats as the only way to get them to college. And... The fact of the matter is we have a lot of problems with people that seem to think athletics is all that matters, and that's how you get giant, dumb apes that go to college and get stupid degrees and seem to think they're they're smart and then end up ruining the world. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that sports aren't good for kids, but at the same time, maybe stop prioritizing that shit. But hey, that's a conversation for a different time. Uh-huh. Like, maybe try and fill their head full of something before you knock everything out of it. Because then some yeah. stuff will still stick. Um, okay, we're getting off this subject because it's going to get me all salty. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I you really... know what? You know what? Right now, sweeping proclamation, you and I have been some goddamn salt mines lately. Like We have. We have. Having edited all of our backlog that I needed to edit this li- in, like for the upcoming weeks, Like I cleared all that shit in like four days. 
And man, you and I are mad in like the last four episodes, except for Funfair when I was mad or when you were mad at country music and I was horny. Like that's <laughs> listeners. Just we're don't sorry. Bring up politics we... with me. It's fine. <laughs> we love you guys. We're sorry. We don't mean to be this way. <laughs> yeah. Especially for all of our international <laughs> listeners that don't have to deal with this bullshit. Like it's probably really annoying. I would love to see this like some British dude like losing a scholarship or some like opportunity to like the cricket player, but they're the same size because it's cricket and who the fuck cares? <laughs> there you go. Um, so I think Peggy trying really, really hard to help David is a plus. I don't yes. see that very often with Peggy, and you already kind of brought this up. She she genuinely gives a shit in this episode and it is admirable i mean she puts aside all that time to try and not just make him a study guide for geometry but make one that he can relate to because it's a playbook and it's all about football terms and everything else like she is genuinely trying really really hard and that makes yeah. like her just getting the piss taken out of her normally i love to see it and it hurts a little bit in this episode yeah but it's it's a good setup like the writers it's a good hurt, job. though. I really like to see Peggy, like, we hate on Peggy a lot, you know? And I feel like mm-hmm. I kind of get more up on her dick than you do, but, like, man, she really does try. She genuinely wants to reach this keyed, like... Oh, for sure. I, well, and I, for a very long time, I could not stand her as a character. And I have, I've grown to love how flawed she is. So this to me is, it's unfortunate because it's her not being flawed. It's her being genuine and her wanting to help and her showing that, yeah, I am actually really good at what I do. And then just completely getting the piss taken out of her from everyone, including her contemporaries who were supposed to be doing the same damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She is also incredibly naive. Can you believe, Mark, that a giant rat just crawled in her inbox and died there? Because that is just hysterical. (laughs) Uh, you already named Hank taking his shot of beer. I think that is uh, that's a fun, like weird little callback for you know the the troubled executive having to to take out his scotch that he keeps buried, and when he's making a, a tough decision, I don't know if many people are going to understand that joke, but I understood it, and I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I've gotten here for pros is, did you notice that after Hank passes David, the next morning he's talking to Peggy about it and he's like, yep, he's the best, uh, you know, he's the, the most knowledgeable Hawaiian I've ever talked to about propane, which technically is probably not a lie because Hank doesn't like to lie. Did you notice what mug he grabs? No. He grabs Peggy's greatest teacher ever mug and fills oh. his coffee with it. Okay. I thought that was an interesting little like play on animation there. It was like, oh, okay, so Hank passed him and Hank gets to be the world's greatest teacher now. Oh, was it that or was it like Peggy took the other mug because the Hills only have two coffee mugs? It could be that, but honestly, I can't imagine her. Like, she would have fought him on it had they not had that conversation. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, I'm going to regret this. Give me some cons, Mark. I don't have a lot. I don't want to okay. get too mad at this because... I feel like I could really get mad at this, but, um, yeah, I've been to this party before and you are the one that tries to keep like telling me it's okay to dance at this party, but I don't want to be at this party for Christ's sake. It's football in high school. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Next. I just don't care. I'm just so sick of it. I'm with you. I really don't like student athletes. Like, uh, you know what we need more. And I know I'm kind of jumping the gun here. We need more Mike Sotos. Yeah. You know what you need? well-rounded don't just be good at one i because i went to school with a kid and this dude was not only like a goddamn genius but he was also this like really really amazing artist but he was also the most insane runner i've ever seen like this dude could make running seem like you know when people say they run for fun you're like haha fuck you no you don't this dude like ran for fun like forrest gump would see this dude and get jealous of his ability just like take (laughs) off running he was amazing. Like, and oh, yeah. he still worked, you know, like four hours every day after school at his parents' feed store. Like this dude was what was fucking up. We need more like that for high school athletes. Cause I feel like oh, what yeah. you're kind of talking about, like 
and I think for a while there, he even played saxophone in band, and then the band program kind of got cut or went to shit. I forget why. He wasn't there for all four years, is my point. But, like, this kid put his ankles in it in everything he did, and he excelled at everything he did. And I'm not saying that, like, you have to be smart to be an athlete and all this shit, but, like, be rounded. Don't just focus on a thing. Johnny, you right. and I are nerds about Star Wars, but we can also debate King of the Hill. Like, we all, rod we in your horizon. powerlifting. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Listeners, once again, let me call back to an episode of Two Wizards where Johnny was on there for a two-parter about professional wrestling. Like, Oh, yeah. Um, we, if, I, if I may, since you just brought it up, Mark, I'm going to pimp yes, Two Wizards please. for a second here because you are you're almost insanely describing your co-host to a T. He is who everybody really should strive to be because not only was he a national champion track athlete, but damn did that guy like give me some inspiration as a, a young little freshman when I would see him on stage as a, as a semi-professional actor. Like, yeah, Josh was an amazing actor. Like, right. Yeah. It's he's the, yeah. Fantastic. The same would go for our, our good buddy, Ben, who was also a huge athlete and loves that entire faction of life. And yet will like, anytime anybody wants to mess with the theater kid, absolutely not. You're going to have this just gigantic guy just come up and be like, uh, what's the problem here? And, why is this a problem? You need yeah. to get your head out of your ass. <laughs> highly intelligent, highly sensitive dude. Um, what yeah. I understand is becoming a masterful chef. Like, yeah. Yeah. Be, my point is, guys, human just be rounded. It's because he's well-rounded. Yeah. yeah. Um, one, smoking in restaurants. It's gross. There's that. It's just a scene in uh, the Waffle Cafe. And it like it's like the wide-angle shot. And they all got, like, ashtrays and shit. It's just... Right. Uh, Man, I don't miss that shit at all. I know you and I like to wax nostalgic for the 90s, but I do not, not miss bad. that. And finally, like, man, I really think they wasted Brendan Fraser in this one. I do, too. He's okay. very muted. I'm pretty sure he comes back, though. Like, I think he has more than one voiceover gig in King of the Hill. He does, and I can't tell you what it is offhand, but he does come back. But, man, they did not use him well in this. And also, we because we got really horned up about it in uh, Westy's side story, how do you feel about Brendan Fraser as saying a Polynesian? Because he's Canadian. Like, Yeah, that's it's and, a And, you know, I, I'm not even going to, like, throw the flag in the play to use a shitty pun, but, like, I don't know. It was just... But at the same time, I couldn't name you a Polynesian actor in, 19, or in 1999-2000. Okay. Because the fat Hawaiian dude, uh, Israel, whatever, you know, somewhere over the rainbow, he was dead by yes. 94. And that's the only one I've ever known of. Maybe The Rock? Maybe? Maybe. But, man, The Rock would have been better at this. Hold on. I I'm just, trying to figure yeah. out who Irv Bennett is. Okay, okay. So he's the meteorologist that takes over for when Nancy, and that's Brandon Fraser. Yeah, okay. It's one of your favorite episodes where Nancy, like, like basically forest gets fire into... Forest Fire Nancy. Yeah, Forest Fire Nancy. Yeah. God, we're three seasons away from... Four seasons away from that still. Wow. Yeah. What a weird middle point to be at. Like... Yeah. Anyway. um, Yeah, maybe The Rock could have done better. I don't know. Go ahead. Give me your cons, buddy. Uh, I only have one. And it... I think it's a pretty big one here because we've already talked about this a lot. It's a sticking point in Texas specifically that everybody follows everything football related. You follow middle school, you follow high school, you follow college, you follow the NFL. Like everybody, it's football all the time, right? Yep. Uh, how is Peggy the only one who does not know who the flying Hawaiian is? Even Luann knows who he is. Yeah. Like, oh, that's oh, my con yeah. here. It's pretty glaring yeah. that she's she just pretends, like, either she's pretending or she's completely ignorant. And it's like, dude, no, you are you go to games with Hank, like, voluntarily. You you have been in the sports field because you, you played softball. Like, you understand what sports in Texas is like. How do you not know who David the Flying Hawaiian Kaliiki Ali'i is? Mm-hmm. Like... I don't understand that. And so it's a pretty glaring con to me. I, I agree with you. For story's sake, I understand why they did it. You have to. It's part of it, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Well, Mark, I think that brings us to favorite moments. Um, Favorite moments. Uh, dot, 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 question mark. That's where I'm at. I don't really have one. There's okay. good parts. There's fine parts. Y you named um, one of my two already. 
Well, and maybe I could give a shout out to when they're at the booster club meeting and uh, Captain Bolo tie says, I think it's Bolo tie says something to the effect of the only one, the only business who's sponsoring that hasn't, you know, donated <laughs> Dale's is dead Dale's bug. dead bug. And Dale goes, my secretary screwed up again. She's so fired. Maybe. Yep. I don't know. But dude, I bitched about it last week too. Like we, I am sick of having Dale Gribble being the saving grace for episodes. Like, uh-huh. Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, my wife is Polynesian. Rattle yours of off. <laughs> Ma- rattle yours off, and maybe I can get to there. Sorry, I okay. totally cut you off. No, no. As, as I say, my wife is Polynesian is one of mine, and you already called it out because it's just it's a weird thing to say. Let alone say over the the like announce table or announcer thing. Like, I love it. It's so weird. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then Peggy's scream when it, immediately when the clock hits three o'clock, her stop like as loud as she possibly can. <laughs> yeah, like her jump scare essentially. That always gets a like a giggle out of me because I'm like nobody gives that much of a shit. <laughs> but um, I mean that's that's it. I don't have any retro rage really for this other than like some glaring stuff. You know, people may not know who Seven of Nine is. Some people may, some people may not. No, she she was in that new no, she's in that new Star Trek show. Um whatever that is, Picard or whatever, she's in she's it. She's in Picard. Okay, cool. Yeah, Jerry Ryan. Yeah. I oh god, I love her. <laughs> um but I say, Mark, we get to rating this so we can move on to our next one. What do you think? Our rating system is as follows. Uh at the very bottom here we have our charcoal level episodes. These are uh, an F on the academic scale, uh, an absolute like dog shit almost did not show on any other scale. Charcoal episodes are absolutely good for nothing except for getting soot under your boy's fingernails. You don't get that with a clean burning fuel. After that, we've got our megalo tier. That's our bronze tier episodes. This is kind of like uh, the D rank. You know, you you get a couple of good quips and and everything else. A, a megalo episodes one you're not really going to watch more than one time probably because it's not very good and there's not a lot of development in it and you don't really care about a lot of the characters it's probably a bunch of weird throwaways it'd be like if we had an entire episode around like reverend stroop and just reverend stroop and we didn't see anybody else like that would be a megalo episode <laughs> after that you got your butane level and a butane is a bastard gas because it's a bastard of an episode you love to hate it and you hate to love it it's kind of like a you know, you're going to watch it. It'll be on in the background. You will enjoy most of it because it's a pretty solid episode. It's like middle of the road. But at the same time, you don't really want to give it a lot more attention than it deserves. Uh, that's reserved for our Char Kings. Our Char King episode is the gold standard. A Char King episode is what makes King of the Hill fantastic and great. Wonderful character development. Wonderful goat jokes and gags. You'll probably get a couple of memes in and out of it. And... Uh, yeah, when Mark and I both agree that a Char King is warranted, it becomes a Char King Imperial. Uh, because the only thing that stops a Char King from being a blue flame of valor is the fact that you need a little bit of context for some of these characters to really understand it. You have to kind of know the inner workings of some of their minds. You can't just walk into an episode and go, oh, this dude's doing weird things with like bugs and he's, he's trying to like breed insects and all this other stuff and not understand that that's just Dale Gribble being weird. Uh, Are you, no. like, preemptively giving Dale the Exterminator or whatever, or whatever, a Char King? I am not, because I can already tell you I already know what that one's going to be. Um, I know, but it really sounded like you were. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, after that, the only thing better than a Char King Imperial is a Blue Flame of Valor. And this is not just a perfect episode of King of the Hill. This is a perfect episode of TV. It's everything you love about this show. It's when you'll go back time and time again to watch. You will you will take time out of your day because something tickled your funny bone and reminded you of King of the Hill, and you're going to go back and watch this. This is a firefight, and we will go. We mention it every week, and I'm going to continue mentioning it every week because it's a fantastic freaking episode. Uh, our Blue Flame of Valor is an episode without context, just wonderful, wonderful television. Um, Mark, what do you give Peggy Makes the Big Leagues? I'm sure you can already guess on this one, Johnny. I gave it a megalo. And if you okay. will bear with me, I will give you my reasonings here because sure. I looked up the list. So we have our writer in Johnny Hardwick, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, he does only great things. Um, 
produced by Jonathan Abel, Alan Cohen, Greg Daniels, show creator, Jim Dotrieve, Alan Friedlands, we have both the Allens, Norm Hiscock was a producer, Garland Testa, and John Vitti as cons- as a consulting producer. Like, okay. man, I already called it. That's everyone. the goddamn. That's the goddamn Avengers of writing for King of the Hill. Like. This episode should have been so much better. Brendan Fraser is 1,000% wasted. The premise, while I kind of understand what they're trying to go for, it's just not that great. Like, we should have gotten so much better stuff out of this, especially as, like, somebody is... I'm sorry, dude, Brendan Fraser is goddamn charming. Like, and we will see him later down the line when he's the newscaster, but, like, I don't like this episode. It shows what's wrong with, like, high school politics, like... Peggy getting bullied by the other teachers. And yeah. quite frankly, I, I just, I, no part of it, man, like, I, the the glowing points for me were the things that I laughed. And literally, dude, I laughed like twice in this episode. And one of them okay. is my wife is Polynesian. When this one pops back up on the queue, 10 to 1, I skip it. Like, it's just okay. not happening. But at the same time, there are some funny bits. There is Dale going, I'm going to so fire her. There's Hank day drinking at work. But, man, you just, you don't, I don't know. It's not a charcoal, because it's not a failure of an episode, because there are these good little bits. But like I already said, I'm really getting sick of Dale being our saving grace, and I don't know, man. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Well, so initially, I gave this uh, a Buking. And okay. I'm going to amend it, because I don't think it deserves a Buking. I think I my gut feeling originally when I watched this was Butane. And I'm going to stick to a Butane now. Um, okay. It's middle of the road. It's a decent episode. It's got a decent plot. It has a really good guest star, but like you said, he's very poorly used. There are moments in this that I really like. I really like the entire scene of them talking about how David is has got a learning disability. And yep. this is Kali'i like just like totally hamming it up for them and then just totally turning face. I like you know what? I, I didn't enjoyable. talk about we didn't we didn't really mention that. We didn't mention about David's arc in this, because he does feel kind of guilty. Right. And I guess I appreciate that bit. Sure, sure. Well, Do you like, think that you and I would Peggy like this her... episode better if we were athletes? Do you know what I mean? Like if you and I were like football stars or some shit? Only if you and I had a teacher like Peggy that gave a shit. Yeah. Maybe that's my problem is, like, small-town school athletics. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know, like, it's it's, it's kind of, it's middle of the road, man. But I say we move on, because uh, there's not a whole lot of real good stuff on this one, and we'll, we'll see how we feel about this next one, Mark. Dude, let's march over to it, buddy. All right, episode 90, when Cotton comes marching home. Mark, do you know what that reference is? Uh, Johnny comes marching home again? It's hurrah, true. Hurrah, hurrah. I want to say that's a Civil War song. It's definitely a song from uh, some old-ass American war when Johnny comes marching home. Um, Civil War, a, right? I think it was Civil War. Give me five seconds. I want to I want to know this one. Yeah. Because I feel like it's even based off of, like, a super old Irish. Um, yeah, When Johnny Comes Marching Home was... An, was a popular song from the American Civil War expressing people's longing to return to their friends and relatives who were fighting in the war. So there oh, you go. Nice. That's de- heartily depressing like the rest of this episode. Words and music be. credited to Louis Lambert. Uh, Lambert. Yeah. I don't know Lambert. if it's Lambert. I'm just being a jig. I'm just being you a might jackass. Be. I don't know. You, you, no, you, it's, it's fucking <laughs> Collier, dude. It's Collier, Collier, Thibodeux. Like, so it was... It was written by an Irish-American band leader, Patrick Gilmore, during the Civil War, right? Okay. But the words and music were credited to Lewis Lambert, but Gilmore chose to publish it under pseudonym, probably because people hated the Irish during the Civil War. Um, we don't want the Irish. <laughs> Gilmore is said to have written the song for his sister Annie as she prayed for the safe return of her, fi- her fiancé, Union Light Artillery Captain John O'Rourke from the Civil War. Although it is not clear if they were already engaged in 1963, the two were not married until... Or 1863, the two were not married until 1875. So Johnny, Johnny fucking came marching home! Hurrah! That's All right, I'm done. awesome. Yeah, that's a cute little moment for us, for them. Good for them. All right. Anyway... Um, okay, so we have an original air date, December 3rd, 2000, and this is written by our good friends, the Allens, Alan Cohen and Alan Friedland. 
our cast of characters for this episode is it's pretty big uh and we get to see a lot of uh of cotton's friends here so we have hank yeah. peggy and bobby hill luann platter dale gribble boom Hauer, bill dotrieve we have cotton gh and Dee, Dee hill we have cameos from Irwin linker brooklyn fat brooklyn topsy toppington uh we have the reappearance mark of jimmy witchard god damn right we do we get to hear that horse's ass Lane Prattley repossess a Cadillac car. Uh, and then we also have a cameo from one Chick Mangione. Uh, Chuck Mangione, excuse me. He's a he's a chick, not, or he's, he's a dude, not a chick. Uh, we also have Mr. Lewis, Mr. Burton, and Miles Burton, who is uh, Junior Burton. Um, so, <laughs> Mark, our synopsis here. When Cotton is forced to move into the Arlen VFW, Hank sees how veterans are treated and reaches out to help his dad. Peggy designs a float. Yeah. Yeah. So we have an A and a B story, but they all kind of conjoin together. So the A story characters, is it's Cotton and Hank for the most part. The B story is really, it's Peggy building her float with the guys. Like, they seem to want constructive criticism. Um... Let's get into some notes, man. What do you got? I I don't have very many notes for this. Um, yeah, I got a couple notes here. Um, number one, this might almost be a pro, but I just wrote it in my initial notes. Uh, Iwo Hima. Iwo Hima. Yep, yep. I, <laughs> I love I that. Made sure to catch it today. <laughs> love that. Oh, um, Cotton has a poster in his in his um, hovel. Policewoman. I thought it was. I funny. saw that. I don't know what it's referencing, but I saw that. Uh, maybe Mariska Hargate. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Del Taco is always better than Taco Bell. Okay. And finally, Herman Gehring was not. Uh, Herman Gehring wasn't strangled. Topsy did not kill Herman Gehring. Herman right. Gehring was supposed to be hung at Nuremberg, but he committed suicide after a soldier smuggled him in, smuggled him in some medicine through a pen that he said he needed to live, and turns out that medicine was cyanide. So Herman Gehring, not only a Nazi war criminal piece of shit, but also a pussy for doing the suicide route. You piece of shit, Herman Gehring. May you Didn't burn take in his hell. Comeuppance. Did not take his comeuppance. But I guess we could almost call that a Mark's Moments of the Macabre, but... Uh, that's yeah. all my notes. I don't have a ton of notes for this one. Okay. Um, so I've got a couple here. I, I mentioned one already. Jimmy Richards back. I, we haven't, have we seen him since, uh, um, not since life in the fast lane. No life in the fast lane. Okay. And he'll come back again some more. Like I know he does the, the art collective with Peggy. Like I remember him in that specifically. And he also yeah. gets scammed with Peggy when she gets her PhD. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy Richard will be back. He'll be in and out. It's interesting to see him come back. It's also funny to see him and Cotton argue with each other. <laughs> I lo- yes, yes. We'll yes. get there when we get there. Yes. Um, and then uh, I, I miss, like, I don't remember. I think I had one job in my whole life where they actually gave you a meal when you were working. Yeah. The idea that you could get three ounces of steak or five ounces of chicken and then you could have a starch and all this other stuff. And I was just like, oh, man. I remember I worked at Chick-fil-A and they would let you, you – you, if you worked longer than I think six hours, you could have a meal and it would be charged on them. And I'm like, God, that was that was 20 years ago. Those people are such like, like tight asses now that nobody gets a meal anymore. I doubt you could work at McDonald's and get a free meal. Yeah, I wonder – so, I don't know. It was kind of mm. cool that the steakhouse offered him essentially half a steak for a meal. It's not a full one, but three ounces is better than none. And you know it's a steakhouse, so it's going to hopefully be done right. Um, okay, so, Mark, what is uh, what is the name of the middle school in Arlen? Um, Andy? It is T- Tom Landry. T-L-M-S-R, oh, man. Right. Tom Landry right. middle my school bad. Rules. My bad. Uh, how about the uh, high school? Roger Staubach? Or is that no, the elementary? It's it is Tom Landry High School. Did you get that Roger the Dodger Staubach, another cowboy legend, also gets his name on an elementary school? Did you ever catch that? Because I didn't until this time. Well, yeah, that was I just got hung up on that because I wasn't sure if that was a high school or middle school, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, I never realized until this that all of the schools are named after cowboy royalty. <laughs> and that makes me really happy. Okay, we're gonna hang on for another five seconds. I wanna see sure. something. You wanna see if there's actually a Staubach school? No, I want to see if there's like a Troy Aikman high school or something. Oh, God. 
Tony Romo high? <laughs> nah, I don't think there is. Never mind. This is one of those. Oh, oh, oh no. Never mind. Never mind. Oh, oh. Wait, maybe. Maybe. Oh no, uh, Cowboys. This comes from a. Uh, the Dallas Morning News, uh, Cowboys legend Roger Staubach names lends his name to the high, to his former high school's new football field. Nice. Okay. But I don't think that really counts. So yeah, never mind. Anyway, that's okay. Um, yeah. That's what I've got for notes. You want me to jump into some pros? You want to jump into some pros? Give me your pros. Yeah. Sure. Um, I love Peggy's busted ass button that she puts on her front of the front of her shirt that says like I am in charge of this float committee or something like that. And you can oh, very yeah. clearly tell that she wrote it herself. <laughs> yeah. Um I also made note here and uh, you can hit me with the horny stick all you want, but when <laughs> Peggy goes to visit and give Cotton his um cigars, Dee Dee's yeah. hands look so good. Like they Which is weird because so they're both lefties. That's impressive, yeah. <laughs> both lefties. <laughs> um, and the, the best pro I can think of is that you watch Cotton get shit on all episode. All yeah. episode. You know, he, he gets shit on by the dude who doesn't think that he can still do his job as an asbestos installer or whatever. He, he gets shit on by the guy who runs the steakhouse. He gets shit on by all these people. And he gets payback on all of them, including Lane Prattley. Yeah. And it is damn satisfying. Yeah, it it is. It it yeah. really yes, it, it really really is that. Man, yeah. it's what I wish I could do if I had balls. But yeah. <laughs> Just go around and be like, "Nope, you did this to me. I'm doing this back to you, and that's how we're going to do this." Um, I don't know. It's the ending of this episode is really hard. And it really, it jerks you open a little bit because he gets all of his payback and then comes to the realization that that's not going to help his family. Yeah. You know, it's very satisfying to watch him get, get some, something, some of his like courage back, some of his dignity back. And yet it's still all for nothing. And, and then you get another five minutes of, holy shit, what is going to happen here? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's in it's in my cons the rest of the episode and not because it's a bad it's like it was told poorly but because it makes me feel really icky but give me some of your pros man um number one pro smells like pancakes I'll have waffles it's in my favorite moment that should be a favorite moment um these are, should all be in my favorite moments but I can't tell um I love the interview at the asbestos firm and the guy's like this says you're thirty seven and he goes yep. <laughs> I f- and it, and he, I fought the Japanese in Desert Storm, and then Hank walks around and you can't ask him about his age. This is my boy. He's giant from the Saddam's gas or whatever he says. Like, yep, he's one of them freakishly large babies. I love that. Um, Gulf War syndrome is nothing to laugh at, kids. Look it up; it's depressing. Um, and finally, this might be my favorite moment, but it's also my pro, dude. Cotton's rampage. I love Cotton's Tarantino-esque rampage yes, of revenge. With it's Topsy. great. With Topsy, it's it's great. And then I like kind of like, and maybe this again, this should be a favorite moment, but it's still just a pro for me. And like Topsy's still horned up for mayhem. And he goes, and like he's all excited, and Cotton's like, no. You do a better Topsy than I do. I, I kind of forgot how he sounded for a second. Um, yeah, I I really like his rampage, all of it. And then, like, the realization of, like, after he's, you know, proverbially shot his load, and he's like, oh, shit, what have I done? Like, Yeah. Yeah. How about you, buddy? Pros? Um, so I don't got any more pros. I got a couple of cons. Cons? Yeah. Um, so this episode is depressing, and I don't like depressing yeah. TV. It's very depressing. This is amazingly depressing. And it's unfortunate that uh, for a a TV show that's been off the air for about 10 years now, and this episode premiered 22 years ago, that a lot of this shit is still happening. You know, Mm -hmm. for a country that at this point in their time, because when this was done, this was pre-9-11. This is when we were in the good old days. um, That our veterans were still treated so shitty back then. And then they, it hasn't gotten any better despite the fact that we have, like, I don't know, multiplied the military budget by 20, if you want to they think. Can't, they can't fucking cancel student loans, but Biden just signed that shit for however many trillions of dollars or whatever for mm-hmm. the military spending. For like, the yeah. DOD, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
and and none of it really goes to it all goes to military contractors and it all goes to um the, the military industrial compact or complex it goes it's all just kickbacks to, it's all just slush yeah. funds it's all bullshit yeah yeah, it goes to aerospace companies and people that think and think it's okay to charge, you know, a million and a half dollars for one thing. Um, they've already made a, a joke about it about how there, there's a sixty thousand dollar chair, like a sixty thousand dollar barber chair, and that's a deal because you, you you know you get that and then they throw in so so many other fighter planes at a discount. It's like you guys are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely the most stupid thing in the world. But twenty years later, it, it's disgusting, is what it is. Like. Mm-hmm. There's not a better years, word for it. I'm sorry. No. 22 years later, and I'm sure some of you, if not all of you listening to this, at some point in your life have met or know or are related to a veteran and ask them what it's like to try and go to the VFA or VF, uh, Veterans Affairs, the VA, mm-hmm. for VA. anything, for anything. Ask them how many loops you have to jump through to get anything done with these people. And it's, it is insane. It is absolutely insane. Um, I'm not usually super pro-American, but I am very pro-like military. If you want to risk your ass to protect me, cool. I absolutely appreciate that because I'm not gonna fucking do it. So that means you're risking your ass because my selfish ass doesn't have to. Yeah. And you know you deserve an awful fucking lot for that sort of sacrifice. And God, this episode is depressing because you get somebody in the in what is uh, widely considered the greatest generation—that's their label—in Cotton, who is a damn war hero who had his shins blown off, who protected his country as best as he possibly could and came home and just wanted to make a living, and now he can't. We talked about this in um, Cotton's Plot. Like, mm-hmm. I think we referenced this episode in that episode. Like, it's just so fucked up. There's not a there's not yeah. a better way to say it. It's fucked up. Like, it's wrong. Yeah. There's, there's not a lot of anger in my voice. It is almost all sadness because this should not be happening to the, the men and women who, like I said, have they fought to protect me and my ignorant ass that doesn't want to fucking do it. But I don't think um, you're ignorant. I don't anyway. Beep, beep, Mark. Never mind. That's okay. Yeah. And the only other con I've gotten here is that this is now the second time in two seasons that they are very okay with veteran suicide. Like Dale, once yeah. again, does not make the connection Oh, maybe I shouldn't have given him just one bullet. Who's who's our writer for this one? Uh, the writer for this episode are the Allens. It's Alan Cohen and Alan Friedland. I reckon one of those Allens had somebody very close to them die. They I may wa- have. Because, man, we should almost, like, uh, we ought to keep an eye on this. This ought to go on our list of, like, the Allens and, like, advo- not advocating for veteran suicide. That's the wrong way to say it, but, like, no, veteran but, suicide like awareness. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Acknowledging yeah. it, yeah. Yes. But those are my two big cons for this. It's Like I said, it's not anything really that has to do with the episode. It has everything to do with the culture around the episode and why it had to happen in the first place. Let, yeah. the, let the damn man march in his parade. I swear, if if my grandfather was told, you have to work instead of going to march in the, the uh, Veterans Day parade where, you know, all this stuff, I'd go up and just escort him out of his job. And say, if you have a problem with this, I will pay his wages. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, give me some cons, Mark. Um, Cons. Shy of everything you just said, because I'm not going to rehash your points, because I had all right. of your points, too. But these are my cons. Uh, number one, greeters. Don't talk to me. Oh, Don't look yeah. at me. Don't talk to me. I hate it. It's awkward. I hate human interaction. Please just don't do it. Um. Peggy is obnoxious in this episode. I think this is a really good episode when it comes to bad brain Peggy. Yeah. She's fixating on that single point of those fucking war medals, and she just can't get past it. And I think that this is a great representation of, like, head injury Peggy. And finally, Johnny, man, to quote another Mike Judge property in Daria, I loathe a parade. (laughs) I've never been to a Veterans Day parade. I hate every parade. I don't care what parade it is. I hate parades. Like, I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. It's trumped up bullshit. I hate it. I hate Fourth of July parades. I hate Thanksgiving Day parades. I hate Christmas parades. I hate every parade. Don't show me parades. Oh, look at you go. You're walking down the street. Stop it. I don't care. What you got? And this is coming from somebody. Party pooper. Some party pooper. Care. I'm party pooping. I'm pooping all over this party. I'm pooping all over this parade. It's a cavalcade of crap crapulence out of mark against parades. I hate parades. 
And I, I've marched in parades, dude, like multiple times. I had to go for every like fucking theater per, or homecoming parade at Adams and march in that shit. Like, I had to do it twice. I got two goddamn degrees out of Adams and I had to walk in every one of those sons of bitches. I hate them all. Anyway, <laughs> fuck parades. Favorite moments. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> Smells like pancakes. I'll have waffles. <laughs> yep. Most of Cotton's lines in this are pretty solid. Like, the non-depressing ones are really good. Uh, Even the depressing wanna... ones are good. I like the depressing shit. I really like to see Cotton... Okay, I don't like seeing Cotton getting taken down a peg a little bit, but I kind of like to see it. We, we've we established at this point that Cotton's a very mean man, a very bad man. And yeah. again, go listen to Cotton's... Or uh, go listen to Shins of the Father, guys, when I give my, like, you know, dissertation on why Cotton Hill is such a fucked up individual. Because he killed 50 people when he was 14 years old and never got a childhood, and that will devastate a human psyche. Like... There's yeah. no way that Cotton came out of World War II being okay, especially at 14 years old. But at the same time, man, I love this flip. Just, it's a good flip. It's good to see kind of oh, Cotton yeah. having the piss taken out of him. Like, he's kind of being had, he's being held accountable for some of his actions. But at the same time, like, he has that bit when he's walking down the hall, do it for the baby, do it for the baby. It's, yeah. It's good. Sorry, I totally just jumped on no. you. I did, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's good. Um, I, I, I want to say another a good cotton line that it's it's in my like mind as a favorite moment. I just didn't write it down here. Is uh, where he very much is defeated and just looks at Hank and goes, "You owe me one Cadillac car." And it's yeah. like, oh god, the the pain in his voice because he's like, "Damn it, I didn't think that it was going to get to this." I was just about to take everybody out for ice cream. Like, what the hell? Uh, I do want to give an honorable mention to uh, Didi going, oh, those are not his brand. He wouldn't want them. But I'll smoke them. See, when you said you are going to get hit with the horny stick, I was afraid you are going to be like, Didi smoking cigars, and you and I are going to have to have, like, a weird Freud talk. But, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not, not so much. Uh, that doesn't do it for me. Um, now, this is – I'm going to have – I have one more favorite moment in here, and it's a throwout okay. to uh, a couple of dear friends of mine. Uh, one of which who has seen quite a bit of this show and the other who has only seen, I think, two episodes. And I know that this is one because uh, she tells me all the time that the only line she knows from this entire show that got her just tickled pink is a particle board. Yeah, if you want to throw it out after five years. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't think of a better way to explain King of the Hill to somebody than talking about how, okay, you want to build a float. And the guy is making fun of you because your float's only going to last five years. Only Hank Hill would do that. Especially for a Veterans Day float. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, those are my favorite moments, man. Give me something from you. I kind of gave you most of my favorite notes, but maybe I'll let my mind prance outside the box. <laughs> oh, jeez, I love Dale. that. I love Dale. See, I know I was just pissing and moaning about Dale in the last episode, like saving it. But Dale doesn't save it. Dale's just funny in this one. Like, yeah. And the, and the like, look on his face when Hank's like, when he tells Hank he gave him the gun and the one bullet. And I, I also, it's not a favorite moment, but honorable mention to Cotton and G8 shooting. It's really kind of sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can I ask you how you feel about Bobby in this episode? Um, he doesn't do a whole lot. He doesn't, really but he's kind of, he's kind of weird though, too, when like Cotton walks in. And he like, there's my uncle, and it's I don't know. I feel like Bobby's being weird again. He's back to being weird, Bobby. Not in, yeah. Not Bobby has a Bobby. weird thing with GH though. Like I'm, I'm he, it's really only with GH. Like he loves being an uncle, and I think yeah, it's probably because, because he, he saw GH being born. Like <laughs> he say, saw Dee's exactly. cooter. He's gonna have a weird connection with the poor kid. Like he saw the box the toy came out of. Man, like. It's true. I'm going to say that this is the type of, of like one or two line Bobby episode that we need more of. He doesn't need to be constantly there for a cut up. If you can bring him in and it forwards the story, like the very last five minutes of this. Yes, please bring him in because that yeah. one scene is all we needed of Bobby. He didn't have to cut up and make a joke and be all uh, bizarre about it. Like say weird shit, like smelling the trash is good. <laughs> Like, cool. No, if this is this is a good template for you guys. If you don't have a lot for Bobby to do, find a way to help him forward the story, but make it very minimal and don't cut in a million jokes. So I like him in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I do Mark. too. I just I was just curious because he kinda I don't know. He's been kind of throwaway lately, but not maybe he's getting a little bit better. I can't really tell. Well that remains to be seen, I guess. But yes. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I say we get this guy rated so we can get on out of here. What do you think? Let's do her. I gave it a butane. It's not a fun. It's a funny episode, but it's depressing as shit. Oh, god damn it! I fucked up. You know what? I do have a favorite moment. I'm. Okay. I know I already kind of gave him my pros. Cotton throwing the cans at Jimmy Witcher. <laughs> okay. That's my favorite moment in this episode. <laughs> count him. You count him now. Sixty-seven. Sixty-eight. Sixty-nine. I love it. I love I hate Jimmy Witchard, but did you also notice he doesn't have his little calculator? Now he has a necklace of uh, pop tabs. Yep. Because they took his calculator after Hank kicked his ass. 30 and 10. 30 and 11. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, not nah, butane. It's it's kind of funny, but it's also cryptically depressing. Peggy is annoying as shit. But, man, there's some good moments. A lot of good heart in here. Um, Hank loves his dad, and I love to see Hank loving people. And that's yep. where I'm at. How about you, buddy? Uh, so I gave it a Char King. Uh, I liked okay. it a little bit more than you did. Um, it's a wonderful Cotton episode. It is sadly still so very accurate for the sort of, of things that our veterans face every day and will probably continue to face every day because I don't see this ever getting any better. Sadly. I really don't. Um, but I gave it, you know, a Char King. It's, I, I really enjoy watching this episode because it, it makes me feel things in like an icky way, but in a, I want to fix this kind of way. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. But, all right, Mark. Well, I think that just about does it, but I got a question for you before we get out of here. Uh, I'll have waffles. You will have waffles. Cool. Well, I'm making pancakes. I would also, I'm curious, <laughs> do you, do you still like King of the Hill, Mark? Uh, I'm hanging on. So that's that's a tentative yes. Uh, not a yes, but it's not a no. It's a eh, I'm hanging on. How about it's you, been a buddy? Rough week, guys. I still love King of the Hill. That's that's <laughs> good. I'm glad you need to like you need to like pr pledge to protect my smile, man. I'm gonna like fall on you heavily here in the next couple weeks. I feel like it's all good. It's all good. Uh, well, Mark, you want to let the good folks know where they can find us? I would love to. You can find us right now at danglepodcast at gmail.com, danglepodcast on Twitter, danglepodcast on Instagram. You can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter or on our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast. We are shotgunning episodes. We are going insane. I'm pretty sure we just finished a discussion about spontaneous human combustion if my timing is right. And so come check us out for that. And if we didn't talk about that, well, it's either coming or going. Figure it out. I don't know. Johnny, how about you, homie? Uh, you guys can find me at KrautBallStream on Twitter. That's Kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as in the Papanu stream, one of the very swift, largest streams in Tahiti, which is also known as Polynesia, where my wife is from. <laughs> love it. All right. Good night, guys. Thank you for listening. We love you all, everyone. Have a great night, everybody.